0: Well, David just read what's called the Shema, which means here. It's the call to attention that Moses gives to the Israelites. But I would argue that it really is a call to attention for the whole church, and especially on this Sunday, this back-to-school Sunday, as we think about education, this, this passage challenges us to think, what is education for? What's the goal? What are we doing with our children? Well, I ran across an amazing story this last week. It's really the stuff of nightmares when you think about it. Uh, This happened in 2022. A man was a passenger in a small plane traveling in Florida. It was just him and the pilot. And as they were in the air flying along, the passenger looked over, and he saw the pilot collapsed, and he passed out, which is, of course, a major crisis, even more so because this man, this passenger, had never piloted a plane in his life, so you can imagine what that must have been like in that moment, and you might be thinking, well, what, what would I do in that situation? Well, this man cried out for help, he grabbed the radio, he, he cried out, he, mayday, mayday, and an air traffic controller picked up his signal and they had an exchange and at one point the the person on the other end said well what's your position in the air and the man said something i would say i have no idea i just see the coast of florida in front of me i have no idea well at this point of course you have a few options you might think, well, what would Indiana Jones do in this situation? Uh, He had run into this situation. Of course, he had a life raft that he inflated, and right before the the plane crashed into the side of the mountain, he jumped off in the life raft and slid down the mountain. That's what Indiana Jones did. Realistically, there really were only two options. You could either uh, keep the plane steady until the fuel runs out, Or you can try to land the plane. Now on the ground there was a man named Robert Morgan. He was an air traffic controller and he had already gone home. And then he received a phone call. Hey, you need to come back. You need to teach a man how to land a plane who's never flown a plane before. And by the way, he's already in the air. And by the way, we have no idea where he is. Robert Morgan would have to guide this man home. Well, this story really caught my attention this week. Certainly, I was thinking, what would I do if I were in that man's situation? But also, what would I do if I were in Robert Morgan's situation? What does a person need to know on how to land a plane who's never flown before? To think through carefully, what instruction would you give Well, I believe this story gives us much to think about on this back-to-school Sunday, especially in light of the words that we just heard, the words of Moses to a people who had really been drifting for some time. The book of Deuteronomy takes place on the plains of Moab, just outside of Israel. And Deuteronomy, they're really Moses' last words to the people. God had told him, you won't be allowed to go into the promised land And so Moses is giving some last-minute instruction to the people before they go into this land that had been promised to Abraham for centuries. And Some of you experienced something similar to this, maybe in the last few weeks. On the front end, you sent your kids to kindergarten. So you're giving them some instruction. And on the back end, some of you sent your kids off away from here uh, to college somewhere or to work somewhere. No longer are you there over their shoulder telling them what they need to do. They have to figure things out on their own. Well, this is what Deuteronomy is all about. Moses giving some last-minute instructions to the people. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Uh, These people would need some equipping. Uh, They were going into a land where there were different peoples, different stories different gods and goddesses, different distractions that would pull them off of the straight path. They would need some guidance to land the plane safely in the Promised Land. But it's important to the book of Deuteronomy to remember where the people had been. By the time the people had come to the brink of entering into the Promised Land, they had been wandering in the desert, wandering in the wilderness for almost 40 years. They had been drifting, so to speak, with no place to land. Now, this wandering was both, on the one hand, a punishment, and on the other hand, it was a training. It was a teaching, depending on how old you were. So, if you were part of the older generation, if you were part of the Exodus generation, this was a punishment. Because the people had had the opportunity to go into the promised land 40 years before. Uh, But they cowered down, they... They begged to go back to their slavery in Egypt. They gave in to their fears. They didn't trust the voice of God. And so they were told to wander in the desert until they ran out of fuel, until that older generation died out. They were drifting in the air, no mission, no purpose, just wandering around. But for that younger generation growing up in the desert, growing up in the wilderness, it was a training. It was a teaching exercise. Later on in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says, You went through the wilderness for 40 years so that you would learn that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You were being trained to completely depend upon God, even for the daily bread. They were being trained to land the plane. and This morning, in thinking about these two different groups of people in the wilderness, that really serves as a framework, not only for thinking about back to school Sunday, but just life in general. Uh, To which group do we belong? Are we part of those wanderers who are, are wandering around the desert with no mission, no purpose, no meaning, no direction? We're simply up in the air waiting for the fuel to run out, or are we headed somewhere? Are we being trained? Are we headed to a destination? And to think about how this applies to children here at the beginning of the school year. What are we doing? What are we training our children to do? Who are we training our children to be? Is our goal this school year, even from a, a young age, to get our children on the fast track to higher education, to make the best grades, to learn the skills that will give them an edge in getting into the best school so that they can get a great job that pays well and, and has benefits and, and leads them to, to some flexibility and some disposable income so they can start their own families one day and go through that cycle with the next generation. Is that the goal? Well, these goals are not bad goals if they are framed properly, but if monetary success and social status and job security are the primary goals of what we're training our children to chase after, then we are are training them to wander in the desert with no meaning, no purpose, and if we're not careful, no salvation. It's staying up in the air until the fuel runs out, instead of heading toward a destination. Because the truth of the matter is, life hits you hard. There are things that happen to us in life that can wreck us. Some things that are in our control... Some things that are out of our control. And in those situations, reading, writing, arithmetic, a good salary with benefits, a nice home, retirement. Those things tend to lose their value quickly in the face of catastrophe. What are we training our children to do? Who are we training our children to be? Well, this brings us to the Shema, Moses' last words to the people. He had walked with them for 40 years in the desert. This younger generation had grown up to be trained in the wilderness to land the plane. They had a destination. They were not wandering aimlessly. But you can hear it in Moses' voice, this fear. He feared what he had witnessed before A people who had the propensity to crash land wherever they went. So Moses gives them some last-minute instruction. The first nine chapters of Deuteronomy is about the story. It's really a story of failure. Remember that older generation, how they failed. And then he reminds them of the Ten Commandments. And then he gives them these precious words. Words that, that Jews later on would say in the morning and in the evening. Words that we hear every 10 weeks here at Brentwood Oaks. The Shema. What begins with an orientation in life. A compass, if you will. An affirmation that the God who delivered them out of their slavery is the only God. The true God. The one God. Their God. And then Moses tells them that they are to love the Lord. Now, Love here is a little different than what we use love. There was affection, no doubt, but it was more about allegiance and obedience. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your will, your intentions. Love the Lord your God with all of your soul, the very breath of life within you. Love the Lord your God with all your might, your strength, with all of your resources. And then Moses gives them a rhythm in life. He talks about all the different activities of the day, and there's a lot of motion and movement in these instructions. In the sitting, and walking, and lying down, and rising up. In all these activities of the day, the people are to tell the story, and remember the commandments, and impress these on the children. As they talk about the commands as a way of life where every aspect of life has eternal significance as it's offered up to God. This is the highest priority of what we teach our children, to know and love their God in a rhythm of worship. So how in the world do we do this in 2023? How do we do this amongst all of the distraction and the busyness The schedules that are so full. Many of us barely have the time to make it out of the door in the morning to beat the traffic. Many of us barely have time to get dinner on the table and the chores done, homework, extracurricular activities. How do you talk about God in the sitting and the walking and the lying down and the rising up? How do you set a rhythm of worship with your family? Well, this is going to look different with each family, and it may take a family meeting. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but school has already started. The train is off the rails already. But there's still time to set a rhythm of worship in the house. There's still a time to think about your routines. Maybe it's even a better time after you've been in it a week or two, To think, okay, what's working and what's not working? I would encourage you to start with something small, something that will give your family success, something that you can build upon in the future. It could be just identifying that time and that space when you are together. Maybe it's a brief huddle in the mornings, maybe it's the carpool where you have a captive audience. Maybe it's a table. Maybe it's a moment at night when you have a family connection where you process the day. Maybe it's the morning time where you draw the gaze of your family toward the Creator. It's going to look different for each family. But there has to be a window in your schedule. And it it's, it's going to come out wrong in saying this. There, there has to be a window to fit God in. It should be the other way around. But maybe that's where we're at. Maybe it's time for a family pause and an acknowledgement of the one who gives purpose and meaning to the day The one who gives significance to all of our daily tasks. The sitting, the walking, the lying down, the rising up, the getting where we need to go. Our family adopted this practice. Really, we learned it from someone here, but it's at the dinner table. It's sometime during the day. We do the practice called the rose, the thorn, and the bud. Where we do a check-in. What was your rose today? Something good that happened. What was your thorn? Something that was challenging. What is a bud? Something new on the horizon. We don't bat a thousand with that, but we try to do that on a daily basis. Some kind of check in. Are there other practices that you can do? Maybe some phrase, some back and forth. Something wrote. Something memorized. It doesn't have to take long, but it is a framing. It is a reminder that this family, this church, but this family, we are not wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. We're not a plane in the air waiting for the fuel to run out. We are headed somewhere in this life. We're headed toward a destination. We have a mission And that is to glorify God in every aspect of life. Crisis is coming. Crisis is inevitable. It is woven into the fabric of life. You're in a plane and you look over and the pilot has collapsed. What do you do? What are we training our children to do in those situations in life? Well, this man in the plane cried out for help, and he heard a voice coming through the radio, the voice of Robert Morgan, the air traffic controller. Uh, This man who also happened to be a flight instructor, uh, he had experience with teaching people how to fly, and this was a... Well, this was a Mission Impossible type situation. But he calmly guided this man through the processes of landing a plane. The man had his undivided attention on that voice. He was completely focused. His life depended on it. But he trusted. He obeyed. He asked questions. He sought clarification, and an hour later, he landed the plane. It wasn't the smoothest landing that you'll ever see, but he made it to his destination. He made it back home because he listened to the voice. What is the goal of education What is the goal in life? Maybe this morning you come here and you feel like you and your family are just drifting along. You're you're in the air just waiting for the fuel to run out. That's no way to live. That's not something to teach our children. What is the goal? Is it not what Moses said so many years ago? something that our Lord Jesus Christ reiterated centuries later after these words were spoken there in the plains of Moab. Later on, Jesus was challenged with this question, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus didn't even hesitate. He said, it's this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. But everything hinges on that orientation in life where God is the top button, God is the top priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all the other things will be added and taken care of. You seek God first. That is the framework. So what are you going to do in the 2023-2024 school year to reinforce this command? What rhythms will you adopt here at the beginning of the school year to draw your family's gaze To the Creator. We have the opportunity this morning to reorient ourselves around this mission, to refocus and to think through our routines in ways that would honor God and glorify His name. If you'd like to respond to that, if you'd like to respond to the good news that we do have a focus in life, we have a cross and an empty tomb that gives us direction. We have God's abiding spirit helping us live and be the people God has called us to be. God is inviting us always to join in with this mission. If you'd like to answer that invitation, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing this song.